It's Off Exit 10, presented by Capital District Sport and Fitness. Seriously, you have some? I'm going to buy, get some of this. I'm going to start doing it this weekend. I, w- I was talking to one of my clients this morning, actually, about it, who like, works in like finance and with a bank, and like, is crypto real? Like, it, yes, it's, it's there, but like, is it real money? Like, no, it's he, not. Because he was like talking about, we were talking about Ozark. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about. And he's like, crypto is basically. Wait, wait, do you watch Ozark? Yeah, but I'm not done with season four. But you, but you know what, what the premise is, right? Money, what episode? Money, what episode money yeah. Season four, episode five or six. I, I haven't. Believe. I haven't started the, the last episode yet. Oh, okay. The last season. Yeah. I just finished it last night. So um, crazy. But he was saying he's like he's like crypto is just money laundering. He's like it's just a way for these people that do money laundering to be able to do it and like use your money. <laughs> well, that's why they. That's why they're. <laughs> so people now are skeptical because. Especially the U.S. are going to start regulating it Marty once Bird. the U.S. starts regulating because Marty Bird. But isn't but isn't that the sexy part of it that it's not regulated? Yeah. So you can so essentially you can put your money into what they call like a stable coin, which is one that's guaranteed essentially that grows at eight and a half percent. Boom. Regardless. So why would you put your money in a in a bank account here that grows at point zero one percent? But then the minute the U.S. regulates it, that interest rate drops. Right. Like. And it would be the same as a bank account. Yeah. Right. But so eventually I, it's going to go to that. Yeah. So this is my business guy was the, the, the guy that I do the, the PT biz stuff through. He's all about it. He's like, Oh, it's going to do it. And I, I could see it being like international currency. Like if I, you're going to go to travel to China, you, you don't want to, you don't want to exchange money. You just be like, I'll pay, I'll pay, you know, point point one Bitcoin for dinner today or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Eventually, like right. I could see that being a benefit of it for sure. Like, well, it's like people will talk about that in here, and then they'll start talking about NFTs. And I'm like, oh my god, see, I NFTs mean, don't make sense. Don't make, make that much sense. It makes me. no sense. I mean, I think it's just like new art. So, right, if you if you painted a picture, if you painted a picture like Mona Lisa, right, it's hanging on a wall. It's the original. You have money. All the duplicates aren't worth shit, right? That's all I think it's going to happen. And an NFT is just going to be digital art. Yeah, right. that people like Eminem pay four million dollars for a picture. But yeah. I've I've heard people say too that like airline tickets could be NFTs one day. I'm talking about like I know what I'm saying, but like gym yeah. memberships, you could have this high end membership that's an NFT that you buy and you get all these exclusive yeah. things underneath it. Yeah. I don't. I'm talking so, like I know what I'm so talking actually about. Actually, in in our last like big conference meeting, we were talking about making medical records NFTs. Yeah. So, and I don't know what the hell that means because who, who, like, if I make your medical record an NFT, that means any of it, you have like the key to it essentially. So, so you can give that to any of your medical professionals so they can see your entire medical, you know, your medical history. But are you going to sell it? Or are you going to, like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, to me. I, I'm not, I, the NFT thing still, I'm not sure what, it, like, yeah. I, I've, who was it? Keanu Reeves said something about it and he basically, like, he basically just said it was, dumb he's like it's not original yeah. art like he's like that's not what it is well, so. so i mean some of it is because guys yeah. people will draw it like they'll draw it and create it digitally but i think what he's saying is like how do you prevent somebody from just copying it you if, don't. It's a, if it's a digital you don't like, but that's the thing like you don't prevent anybody from copying the mona lisa right they people sell posters of the mona lisa and right. stuff like that right? right for 20 bucks but there's yeah. one original but there's one original so so an nft is like a it's created in a blockchain an algorithm like like crypto okay so you know that they're who has the original so it's the same it's the same thing like you know and then i think 
I don't know how it works because online I could just fucking, I could just, uh, you know, control shift four and just like screenshot this and like, right, I got this one. That's I'm, what we know. Put it on my computer. Yeah. But, but see, I think this stuff's here to stay because yeah. Paul, we were at a high school basketball game last Friday. Oh my God. Yeah. Like some pre- of the stuff for sure is definitely here to stay. Like pretty packed gym and we're all watching the game and I hear this fucking annoying noise like down in like the left corner and I look and there's two kids both with their own computers playing on their computers at the game. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing as a parent in the first place? <laughs> right. But still, like, these kids are so tied to technology. So. Right. Oh, so I, and I know you guys have talked about this already, but I was having a conversation with a guy at the gym that I go to today because he's got, he's got a little boy, a kindergartner, and he's, had, he's got another one on the way. And we we're talking about how, like, like my, my son, he's doing Taekwondo. We'll probably take him out of that. He's doing, he's in basketball. He's in baseball. He's in soccer. He wants to do something in music. And he's really just trying to figure out what he wants to do. So like he said, he doesn't like to do Taekwondo, so we're gonna take him out of that. But he wants to do more soccer, and then he wants to start doing music lessons again, like he was before. Like he likes playing the drums and the keyboard and shit like that. So uh, we were talking about like, oh, but these kids like they don't they don't want to just go play outside. Like we don't have neighborhood kids like riding their bikes around and shit like that. In our our neighborhoods, there'd be a house with all the bikes at it, right? Or when it snows, there'd be a, a football game playing in someone's backyard mm-hmm. in the snow. But we also didn't have what they have, right? right like. Right. You play on a fucking Switch right now? This kid, like, the Switch, it looks like I'm playing real life. And yeah, this kid, like, and then they have tablets. They have all this stuff that we didn't have that, you know, you don't know. Maybe maybe we would have been the same. Maybe we would have been different. But for me, like you said, it's like a they're a product of their environment. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. it really is, like, when you think about it. Like, I, I just think of, like, my nieces and even my brothers to an extent. Like, they weren't given, a, like, a phone or stuff to do something with electronically based until they were at least 13 i think something like that and i definitely noticed a difference between like them and like a lot of the other kids that like they grow up with and my Mm -hmm. brothers are constantly outside doing stuff my one niece she's more of like into arts and everything but she'll she's willing to go outside she's inside a lot but it's not like she's on inside like on a computer just like mindlessly doing stuff on there she's like doing stuff for her acting and her singing and her dance, and then my other niece, she, you, getting her to come inside when it's nice out is impossible. Yeah. Impossible. And they're all different, right? And they, all kids are different, but it, 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 it does beg the question, like, would we have been different with more at our fingertips, right. I guess? Like, I mean, I play Game Boy all the time, but that, shit, that was in black and white. Like, yeah, I'd right. go outside and play, but if I had the Switch thing, yeah. come on. I, mean, I, I was play, playing PlayStation I could play FIFA time. on that, like, and it's, like, real life. I'm playing with Ronaldo. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Well, even now on the on your cell phone, you can get like games that are yeah, so phones. realistic. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you can play Madden on your phone? Yeah. What? Yeah. Makes no sense. Like they have what the uh, controllers that you can buy that like, that the plug in, that uh-huh. pl- and you're just literally on your phone. Yeah, playing a handheld video. Do we, I'm like, are we what? recording? Yeah, we're going. Oh, baby. We're going? This, this is how it starts. This is how <laughs> this is how it starts. That's how it goes. Um, but guys, we have Pat Suarez here from Suarez Sport and Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Um, Listen, this podcast is here because of Pat, yeah. to, right? To a sense, like, yeah. like, like we've. If we haven't started our own yet, though, so. No, you, one, you did it. One day, one day, one but day. no, we, we were talking in the gym, and I said, Pat, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast here, and he said, let me send you this ebook. So he sent it to me. I went home and read it all that night. I'm sure you did. Memorized yeah. it. Wrote wrote down what I need to buy, the steps Bought we got, the steps we got to take to to be able to record and. And there it was. So week, week later, everything. Was this was this before or after you talked to me about it? This was. I don't even know the timeline of that. 
but I know Pat sent me that ebook. I, hey, I went right to stuff. work and, and right to it. So, so that's, Pat's a big reason why we're here talking to you right now. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have Pat on because Pat's a person, when I first moved back to New York from Boston, he's one of the first people that I met to really team up and, and that was work an interesting with. meeting. Yeah. It was an interesting meeting. <laughs> like when I was in Boston, I had I had such a good network of like physical mm -hmm. therapists and chiropractors and massage therapists and doctors to be able to work with. So one of the first goals when we opened CDSF was, you know, before we even had this space, I was like, I'm just gonna go out blind and just like drive around and and try to start to meet PTs and, and make these connections. So Pat was working at a place at the time. Yeah, working at a different place. A different place, not, not his own practice yet. Right. But I knew he was gonna do his own practice when I met him. Um, so I like navigated through like the front office and the other PTs and the owner. And it's like, I, I think I got a good read on people and I got to Pat and it was quickly, I was. Yeah, I think we, I think we ended up talking more in like the parking lot afterward. Yeah. And then for some reason, the PT who was running the place didn't want to connect. And, and then when I had, uh, when I had left there, I'd found out where you where you were at, and at that point, I think well, I was coming by like every once or twice every week. Me, you, and Dan. Paul wasn't here yet. Mm -hmm. Me and Dan would just be sitting over there talking about you know talking about stuff, trying to make. All right, what, should we make content? Should we not make content? You know, we got a couple hours here, and then when you know one or two of your kids would roll in at like two, and you know now it's like you know, sixteen kids coming in at two or three <laughs> o'clock after school. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's great to see. It's amazing to see. It's like, yeah, we both were at really ground level or below ground level yep. in terms of business and this industry and, and this area when we first met. And it's just been amazing to grow over the past. I mean, with COVID, I don't even know how many years it's been. Yeah, but. I don't know, do we count COVID? Yeah, right, do we count that? <laughs> I mean, even since I've been here, I've seen you add two PTs. Right, Like, yep. you know, yep. you added Sarah and Tommy, like you added two PTs to the, to the squad. And like, it's just amazing to see how fast, you know, when you buckle down and you're good people and you treat people right like and you work hard right things, things well, that's work the difference, right you. you put in the time you put in the effort and and, and you, don't be an asshole you, well yeah don't be an <laughs> asshole i mean it's all about relationships right you yeah. create a good relationship like i look at you guys when you're when we're looking at your social media and all that stuff because because my wife does that now for us and she'll follow she'll watch your guys things and be like oh they went to another game they went to another game here they did another game there and and I'll do, I do some PT business coaching stuff too. And some of the people who are trying to get into that youth athlete side of things and all that, I'm like, dude, you got to go to games. Like you have to create those relationships with people. And I feel like you guys have done a great job at that, which is why you have such a, not only a growing population here, but like such a population that is, that is loyal. They're sticking, they, they want to continue and stuff. So it's cool. Like you're saying, it's cool to see, it's cool to see everybody grow, especially mm -hmm you know, when you're, when in my opinion, you're doing it the right way, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel, I feel the same way toward, toward you guys. Um, and like another piece that stood out when I first met you, like, you know, minus your personality and, and I could tell how you cared for people, um, was that you wanted to run your business differently than what like your traditional physical therapy, yeah. uh, business is set up as. So in physical therapy or in the medical field, probably in all different fields, Pat, a lot of people will open up going the insurance route yep. and then what is not the norm is going and maybe hopefully becoming more the norm but I'd say still not the norm is going the cash-based route right um, and which, I would say around here it's it's not the norm it, it's even since so since I met you when when we were here I think I was probably one of like two or three other people that were doing it 
now I know off the top of my head like three or four other people recently that are just starting their practice in the area that reach out to us to ask us questions and stuff like that and we'll meet them for for you know for coffee or whatever and try and help them out because to me it's making it the norm is what we want right so so we chose to go that out of network cash base side of PT just because we felt like we could you know the, the reason I do it is because I feel like I can treat people better that way right i can get them better faster um i can i can hold them a little more accountable to what it is they're trying to do um they're a little more motivated so for me those are the type of people that that i want to work with right the people that are that are motivated to get back to to some physical activity you know whether it be young athlete or 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 your weekend warrior or someone who just wants to go walking right right I call them I call them motivated movers. Doesn't matter who they are, right? They could be 15 and playing sports, or they could be 73 and want to walk and and just keep walking. Right. So, so those are my my motivated movers. And for me, being able to spend more time with them and and have more touch points and be able to provide them a higher level of service is is the main reason why why we switch from that from that clinical side. Now, you know, people ask me, you know, different questions about in-network and out-of-network, and it doesn't, you know, to me, it's more about the model, not necessarily the people in it or anything like that. I think it just, in order to run that business and run that model, you have to churn people in and out, and and that wears on clinicians. You get a lot of burnout, and especially in young clinicians who are very good clinicians, you know, they'll get burned out after three, four, five years from seeing so many people in a row, and then I think this this model it allows for new grads or, or newer PTs to, to, to actually go in, enjoy the profession, continue to learn, and then still enjoy the profession 10 years later, right? So now for me, I'm, oh shit, what, uh, it's the same year I got married, so it shouldn't be hard to remember, <laughs> right? This is my 11th year in PT, right? And so 10 and a half of them have been out of network cash base, half of them were in network was where I met you. Right. Um, so when I took to go back to that, like one, when, when you came in and you had kind of explained where you were from, what you were doing, I was like, I need to connect with him because when I'm ready to start, he's going to be a guy that I need to, that I need to have a, have a relationship with. Right. It's like setting up your business. And we talk about it a lot here. Setting up your business to be, sorry, to, <laughs> this guy's excited over here. That was uh, my can hitting the microphone. My bad. Setting up your business to be, you know, very beneficial for the client, right? But also for also for your employees is super important. Like we've seen the years working with you here, like not only how much better the results are from athletes and adults, but like their understanding of their body. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And like about their injury and what's good for them and what isn't good for them. Um, it's just it's just super powerful, and that gets lost sometimes in like this insurance quick yep. turnover. Yeah, and model. a lot of that so so goes more towards kind of the way we practice is our, our idea, and and the reason we you know we take so much time is to figure out exactly that like what's going what is actually going on. Sure, we can make you feel better. You'll feel better. You'll go back, and you know three four weeks later you'll be in pain again, and oh, my back still hurts. Oh, PT sucked. It didn't work. Well, did we actually do? you a service or a disservice like what did we actually figure out what was going wrong or did we teach you what was going wrong and then did we teach you how to fix that how to get over that how to how to handle that if it does happen again right and so that's kind of the big piece of our practice too is 
you know, sure, okay, I got shoulder impingement, right? So let's go with an easy one. All right, shoulder impingement isn't really a diagnosis. It's, it's, a, it's a cause or it's, a, or it's an effect or it's a symptom of something else that's going on. Maybe your shoulder blade moves poorly. Maybe you got poor um, cuff stability overhead. Maybe you've got, uh, you know, lat weakness, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, our goal with this kind of model is to tease that out, right? We tease that out. Okay, yeah, I understand your shoulder hurts up here, but this is why it hurts let's show you some things how to how to how to correct that and then let's have you continue to do that and get back to the gym right so this is why we like working with with people like you guys because it's like okay i can i can do the pt side of it right and then i can send you back to your to cdsf and i can i can text paul i can text mike i can text dan and i can be like hey this is what i found you know I, he needs overhead cuff stability boom and i don't have to tell you all right he needs to do a 90 90 or external rotation with it like i can just tell you he needs overhead stability he needs overhead cuff stability, go. He needs upward rotation and scap, go. And then I can send them back here. And then that way for them, it's not like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost like you can see the sigh of relief. Like, oh, yes, I can still go to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. right. I can still go work out. I can still go do this. Like, yeah, man, we're not, that's another one of our pet peeves is like, you should, I can't stand when somebody tells, some, unless it's going to do severe harm to them, right? I cannot stand when someone tells someone who is motivated to move to be fit an athlete or whatever oh you got to stop you got to stop doing that you, you probably shouldn't be doing that that's too much for you like yeah. are, are you kidding me yeah one of the biggest problems in our society is people don't move enough and you're telling the, this person who wants to move not to. telling them not to move that's so or, true when you can just modify it and it's it's funny you bring that up because mike and i were having a conversation last week mm-hmm. one of my clients in new york city that i still work with messaged me he's has runner's name so whatever like Mm -hmm. you can work around that he went to the doctor what did the doctor tell him two weeks off in the gym literally two weeks off in the gym so i he texted me sent me that and i was like hey let's set up a call this weekend we'll go over what we can do i'll make you a new program for the next couple weeks see if it alleviates everything and he went in did a leg day like two days later crushed it loved it was happy was ready to go felt fine felt fine yeah, because, it, because again, oh, I, I go in and I got pain at the outside of my knee. Oh, you, you run a lot? Yeah, I run, I work out. Oh, you got runner's knee. What? Sure, okay. Oh, all right, I have runner's knee. It hurts me at the outside of my knee. Why does it hurt you at the outside of your knee, right? My guess, if he did crush the leg day and he felt fine, mm-hmm. it's probably because something was going on in his glute that's causing his, his issue in his mm-hmm. knee. And so you throw in a leg day, you work on his glutes, you actually get him firing, you get him, you, you know, you get him fatigued. And now it's like, oh no, that feels better. Yeah, well, because you're you're using the muscles you're supposed to use, now, right? Right. Versus yeah. versus just being like, oh no, you know, take two weeks off, you'll feel better, and they probably will, right? Right. They, they probably will feel better, and then they'll go back and they'll and run they, for a month, and they'll be like, man, it still hurts. Yep. Oh man, like I probably really should stop. Mm-hmm. And then that's the part where it gets. So you know, Mike, you've you've asked me before about like the psychosomatic side of it and all that, and then that's that's where that creeps in too, mm-hmm. right? Now it's like, oh well, yeah, maybe maybe they were right. I shouldn't run anymore. Maybe you know, I should just do, I should just do the elliptical, or I should just do the bike. And and what are we seeing? More and more research saying that running it actually helps neo uh, arthritis. It actually helps knee pain, like stuff like that. Yeah. And so. You know, yeah, that's one of my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves is sending, is getting someone to come and be like, oh, you know, they, they, they told me I should stop. And so we've kind of built that reputation as the PTs in the area of like, oh, if the doc tells you, you know, stop going to the gym, go see, go see Suarez PT first and see what they can do. Right. Mm-hmm. I just had a guy today, like, he's like, I, I, just please don't tell me that I don't have to stop. I'm like, you don't have to stop. Right. 
and and if and if it is that that bad, yeah, okay, we won't use that arm, right? We have our Tommy John guys, right? right. They come in all the time. Last week, yeah, he came in here, met with you, first time, took his thing off his elbow, the hip thrust at 315 that day, felt great, and was like, oh, I can do this, like, right? Shit, all right, here we go. Yeah. And that's why I love, right? I, okay, Tommy John, you can't use your right arm. And Mike's like, all right, let's go. We got single arm, we got single arm rows, we got single arm presses, we got hip mm-hmm. thrust, we got, you know, all this other stuff we can do. We got our safety bar, we can use one arm. Like, you can do all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And and so to just blanket statement be like, oh, you got to stop is crazy. 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 But all, all this comes down to education. Like, for every exercise you're doing with somebody, comes equal time explaining the why you're doing it that way and how that relates to their body. How does that get lost in the insurance model? Because well, you people, just don't have enough time. Right? Like, like, explain it if people don't know. So, so generally speaking, in the insurance model, you, you get reimbursed by the insurance company, right? So the insurance company dictates how much they're going to pay for that session, right? And they might say, well, you know, he came in with a script for his shoulder, but you're working on his left hip and his core. Like that, we're not reimbursing for that. That's not applicable. And it's like, well, he's a baseball player, so he does need it, right? So um, that then that reimbursement, that lower reimbursement, in order to run a business, you need to make a certain amount of money. So if I'm getting lower per person, I need more. I need to fill more people in. So you'll end up seeing two, three, four clients in an hour right so in that hour i might have i might have three clients one that i'm working on for 10 to 15 minutes one that i'm trying to watch do exercises and then another one maybe i lost he's he's supposed to be doing exercises too and so i can't focus on each person and i can't see what it is they need within those exercises right because anyone can run through a checklist of exercises and do okay external rotation yeah let me just move a band out right rotate 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 yeah okay but your your scap's not engaged your wrist is extending so you're going to give yourself a, a lateral up kind of light like your 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 shoulder shrugging you're not engaging your core as you're rotating like there's all these little cues and these coaching cues that people if they understood can be more effective in their exercises at home or in the gym right and so you just don't have that time to give to them so in order to run that business. And, and it's not at a clinician's fault because a clinician can do all that. And then if they want to do that, so this is what was happening to me, I would do that. And then at the end of the day, I'd be writing like two page emails with, with putting exercises in to make sure they knew exactly what I wanted them to do. And I'm putting in an extra three, four hours at the end of the day, just to get, just to get them what I think they needed. So when you flip that and you change to the model we're at now, like I have 60 minutes to do all that. I can do my evaluation and I'm big on every session, you know, you're reevaluating that person when they come in. And so every session you're reevaluating them, you're taking them through, through some kind of, uh, um, if you need to do manual work, you do manual work. If you, you're taking them through some kind of program and then you're teaching them why they need it and why it's important. And that to me is, if you can do that and you can get them on board and be a little more accountable for what they're doing, that's how people get better. Yeah, it just gives you better adherence. Yeah. But it's like breaking the norm. Like in PT school, do they talk about this? No, <laughs> no. So <laughs> in, in PT school, when I, when I went, I mean, they, they do, I think, more now. Because even the APTA, the, the American PT Association, they have like a cash-based section on there now. But there's not a big description on it or anything like that. So in PT school, yeah, they're, they're, to be honest with you, they don't go into as much of like the exercise science and all that kind of stuff, right? So like programming and all that we learn. I, like I learned that after school. Um, so 
you know, in, in PT school, it's really you become a generalist for PT, injury rehab, surgical stuff, things like that. Um, but no, that that side of it of like, OK, you know, we're going to break it down into into this manual. You're going to go each HEP. Do we do some education? Sure. But it's not at the extent of like well, you need to learn how to coach also. Right. right? And that's why I free, I'll frequently tell people or PTs like even Tom or Sarah, you know, um, who are who are younger PTs like when you're going and talking to some of these coaches or these strength coaches and all that stuff, you got to understand they know more than you do, right? They, when you're talking about programming and exercises and stuff like that, at this point, they, you know, someone like Mike who has been in the game for a while, you know, you're, you're a new PT. Sure. You can tell them about the anatomy and the rehab and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the strengthening and the conditioning and all that, at this point, he knows more than you do. So, so you, you got to make sure you're understanding what he's saying, listening to him, you know, stuff like that. And so we don't get that, piece of it as or we didn't in pt school i don't think they do as much still but um that is something in my opinion they need to add if you want to consider pts being movement specialists overall movement specialists right and it has to be tough for a new grad if they come out of school and they get thrown in this like a whirlwind of the insurance-based model where all of a sudden you've got to see four people an hour and then you're seeing 30 40 like 30 people in a day like it has to be really tough because building relationships is so important, right? But how can you do that? So, well, in that in the in-network model, you you'll end up seeing people two or three times a week. So, and and they'll still be there for an hour. You might not have them on the table, but right. they'll still be there for all that time. So you you still get to spend a lot of time with them, but you don't get to build. And that's a relationship with your client, right? You don't get to build relationships with people. You don't have time to build. Like, oh, I'm going to go down to the you know, to the gym down the street, I'm going to meet them, talk to, talk to the mm -hmm. coaches there, you know, get to meet them, get to know them so they can kind of know what we do. Like, you don't have, you don't have time to do that kind of stuff unless you have a boss who's allow who's willing to give you that time to go help build, you know, build the practice and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Just yeah, the communication piece is, is so key. It's huge. Right. And I mean, that's one thing for me, why with my Achilles injury, I really wanted to work with you guys. Yeah. One, I've seen you guys obviously work with a bunch of Tommy John guys in here, but it's like I know you guys know our knowledge and my knowledge of like strength training and and everything. And that's where with Tom, like we have such a good rapport with like, okay, what do you like? I always tell him what I did for my workout, mm -hmm. like especially like sometimes I work out before RPT. Yeah. So I tell him like, hey, this is what I did for my workout. Um, also to make sure we don't you know double up on stuff if if he's got stuff planned and maybe he can give me something that's a little bit different. But it's just really nice to like have somebody who understands like you have knowledge of this mm -hmm. as well as being able to educate me on things that I need to be educated on as right. well. And that goes uh, back to the, like if he just, if he can tell you like, hey man, you need to build solely a strength, you got no restrictions on it, go. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to give you every single exercise because of that background you have you mm -hmm. know you know how to do it yeah right. although i hear someone keeps giving you crap about the fact that you're not back playing and stuff yet oh is yeah. it mr uh <laughs> mr metz himself oh <laughs> uh, you know what no we'll take we'll take you're not, Listen, cam, you're not cam makers um, back I out still, there i still got another month okay <laughs> it hasn't even been four months since my surgery i still got another there month. you go okay and you're doing great alicia loves all of your posts awesome all of them that yeah and that, that's one thing too I, I hate posting on social media, but the more I keep doing this, the more people I get reach out to me, whether yeah. it's um, random people mm -hmm. or one of our high school friends, she reached out to me and said she tore her Achilles just playing like pickup basketball with yeah. her brother. And she's like, I'm gonna have some questions for you. Yeah. And I was like, hey, just keep following my page. If you have questions, come, you know, just yeah. shoot me a message and I'll help you out. And I was able to ease her mind a lot because 
you go to a doctor, they're gonna tell you, it's 12 months, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And when they say that, it's, you know, even for me, when I, when I, when it happened, I knew it was 12 months. I didn't have to have a doctor tell me that. Like, I just knew because I've seen you people. Watch sports. Yeah, I watch sports. Yeah, I, I remember I was, yeah. I remember <laughs> I was at when Paul yeah. was, and it's like I traumatic call, to Paul. It's like I, Mike over here. I'm like, I, hey. I called Mike, right? He was like the first person I called and he was just, I was like, hey, dude, I'm pretty sure I just tore my Achilles. And Mike was like, oh, well. Um, <laughs> and in Mike's voice, I could tell that if, if when I said that, he knew that I knew. So it was like, okay. Well, yeah, it's like a fault get, things he did, he for sure did. Get yeah. it taken care of. So long story short, like I told her, explained to her where I was in my recovery and how fast I was walking in a boot to when I wasn't in the boot. And um, it just helped ease her mind a lot. And then, you know, you're talking about with the cash-based to the insurance-based, like I, there's another guy I know who tore his Achilles the week after I did. And I, you know, I told him some PT places to go to. And he, I think he ended up switching where he went from before, but I feel like he was getting kind of, like you were saying, it mm-hmm. was, he was getting 15 minutes or whatever, but that yeah, person had three other people they were training yeah, too. Yeah, 15 minutes of your right. manual and it's like, all right, it would be like, all right, Paul, here, I'll, I'll work on your Achilles, really good. All right, then go uh, do your heel, you know, you got your checklist over there, go through that checklist right. and then you go to the next person. Right, and with, you know, with Tom or you guys, Tom's spending 25 minutes just doing hands-on stuff, just hands-on right? massage and therapy and and that's the thing that's what you needed at that time right, right. so like there's no rush to, yeah. to to do it and then move on to the next person exactly right? if, if you're in insurance are you kind of handcuffed to what you can do based on the doctor's prescription or based on coding when you have to bill uh if you'll be you'll be handcuffed based on the script depending on the body part like if it's in a if it's a post-surgical thing you're not really handcuffed on what you can do um, you're mostly just handcuffed with time when it comes to that. But if you were coming in non-post-surgical or, or something like that, and it's like, oh, you're going to treat, you know, they got a wrist injury, and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to work on the shoulder and the thoracic spine because that all contributes, the insurance could potentially be like, well, that doesn't, the script says wrist. So that's what you should be working on. Right. So, so, sur- so surgical stuff, you kind of have a little more yeah, free a little more, will. Yeah. Yeah, but I got, I mean, I got, so even in the cash base side of it, right? Because people can still submit for insurance, ad network, and all that kind of stuff. I had a kid, this is, in, this is in D.C. or Virginia. I had a kid, he's a high school soccer player, going to play college, going to play uh, college soccer at William Mary. So Division One college soccer. And he tears his ACL in high school, all this kind of stuff. So going through rehab, whatever, and in eight weeks, I've we've got him – going up and down stairs, walking, everything, fine, no limp, no nothing, right? The, and this is out of network insurance, the insurance wouldn't reimburse him anymore after that because they deemed him functional. And I call this, uh, this is when I was a young PT. So I call, I call the person, like I get, I get our admin person, I'm like who, why would they do this? And she's like, this is what they do. And she knew what she was doing. She's like, "You want to call him?" I was like, "Yeah, I want to call him. Give me the phone." <laughs> Young Pat, yeah. Young Pat. So fire I call, up. I call him, and I'm like, "What? I don't understand." She's like, "Well, he's functional. He can go up and down." I'm like, "He's 18 years old. The kid's gonna play college soccer. He can't jump. He can't run. He can't balance on one leg. He can't hop on one leg. What do you mean functional? This kid can't do the things that he wants to do for the next for what are supposed to be the best four years of his life. You're telling him he's good enough because he can do the same thing as as." maybe someone who's in their 70s when they tear their ACL. And you think that's functional for an 18-year-old. 
was like, right. hang it up. I can't. <laughs> and my admin girl, her name was Abby. She was great. She's just laughing at me. It's great. She's like, she like knew exactly what was going to happen. She just was like, there's a young PT all fired up. And let's watch yeah. this. Yeah. This, this ball pretty much, what, pretty much what she did. I think that's evolution. It's definitely the evolution for strength coaches or, or personal trainers. And I suppose PTs too. You go through this phase where you're like so eager to learn in school, like give me everything. And then at some point in like years two to three of your career, you're like, I fucking know everything. Have you seen that curve? That's like, you know, the, the seasoned clinician, it's like, it goes where it's like, oh, I, I, I don't know what I don't know kind of a thing. And it's like the, the new clinician like knows nothing and then knows everything and then comes back down. You yeah. for sure come back down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. I mean, and if you don't, I, you you're know, fine. that's you're... right. But that's how you know, like what you were saying before, that's how you know who you want to create relationships with, right? Right. Some people don't come down. Right. No. Nah. And is that yeah. someone you want to you want to tie your your wagon to or not right and right. so that's that's all part of figuring out and navigating how to create those relationships professionally and and through your clients and stuff like that but yeah. but back to paul you were we've had two people now reach out to us for uh, post achilles oh yeah one volleyball he did volleyball this guy's like he was like yeah, I stopped skiing because I didn't want to get hurt. And so I just started playing volleyball and I tore my Achilles. It's like, <laughs> I think I'm going to start knitting and stuff now. It's like, no, you're going to go play volleyball again. No, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start skiing now. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, but we had one, yeah, there and then another another older guy than, than, than you and the other, the, the first one, the volleyball kid, he's like 30 something. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the other guy's older. But yeah, we had a couple people reach out for, for some of those, for some of those things. And so, you know, when you're saying social media and stuff like that, it does make a difference. Yeah. Um, but it holds me accountable too. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like there's times where I'm like, fuck dude, I gotta do more heel raises. And yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this sh- and it's kind of just like we were talking about with the, the hurt guys. Like you get into the monotony of the same shit, but in the grand scheme of things, those little things that I keep doing over time have made such a big difference. It's boring. It's, it's not sexy. Boring. I tell people all the time, PT stuff is not sexy. Yeah. It is boring, but it will help you. I mean, you take one of our pro guys, right? Mm-hmm. He does the same thing every time, every time, every time, every mm-hmm. time, every time. What drew, used to drive me nuts was the hurt kids. The, the, they would want to do all this other crazy stuff. Right. And I'm like, you're not watching him? He does the same shit every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. He's a professional. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. been doing it for a little while. Maybe you want to learn something from him. Yeah. yeah. And it would be funny because he'd just shake his head. When, when the, the college kids are doing all this crazy stuff, mm-hmm. he just shakes his head. Mm-hmm. And he just k- keeps doing his, you know, it, the guy's a beast. And he's doing like an 18-pound kettlebell hold. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like that curve with us as professionals. It's right. like the same exactly. thing. Same yeah. thing. It's the same, same thing. It's the same curve. But, yeah, I had, uh, you know who Eric Schoenberg is, Pat? Uh-huh. He, he's a PT. He used to work with Cressy's out um, in Hudson, Mass. But then he moved down with Eric to Jupiter. So he's his PT at his Jupiter location. No, I only know Millet over um, there in, in Mass. Schoenberg's way back when I was there in like 12, 13. He gave an in-service once when I was an intern. And he said, and this stuck with me, he said, if you don't do these little things, your trap raises, your clamshells, your glute bridges, one day, that's all you're going to be doing. Right. Yeah. That's all you're going to be able sense. to do yeah. if you don't do them every day. I forget who you said that to in the gym. It yeah, was, he, wasn't said that, it, he said it recently to somebody in the gym, and I was just like, he's not wrong. Like, right. and, I, and I try to tell kids all the time, especially we have, you know, there's kids in here that just want to come in and pick up heavy shit. And, and I tell them, like, you know, these mobility things that we put in here. Like that's gonna be the game changer for you. You going and being able to lift 405, yeah. great, like awesome. That that's awesome. You can do that. But you then go do all your mobility stuff. That 405 is gonna turn into 505. 
Yeah. You know, well, this like, is like when, so it goes back to like when we were playing as kids and stuff like that, right? You, you get a kid, like when I was, when I was little, we had kid who, you know, we didn't lift a lot. Mm-hmm. We didn't, when I was a teenager or anything like that, we played four different sports. We played outside mm-hmm. and I had one of my best friends, he would smoke you on a basketball court and he was little and he was not strong. You could take a kid out there who could bend, you know, deadlift 405, bench 250, and you weren't going to touch him on the basketball court. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even close. Right. So, like, but he was quick, he was shifty, and he was mobile. Right. Right? So, yeah. I mean, if you want to lift to lift, that's fine, but you have to do all these other little things. If, if you're if you're going to if you're gonna specialize in a sport, right, and you're going to specialize super young, you have to do these little things to, to keep you in the game. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like you said, like, like he said, you're, you're going to be doing clamshells and glute bridges. No, that's the only thing you're going to be able to do. 90 yeah. ERs. 90, 90 ERs and stuff like that instead of doing the fun the fun shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you do the boring shit to get to the fun shit. It's like anything else. Yeah. It's like anything else in life, right? And, you know, learning how to program too, That that's huge too because for me, a lot of the times, I'll put some of the PT exercises just into my workout. So I'll squat and right after I squat, I'll do my, you know, my heel raises or mm-hmm. something like that. So that way I don't feel like I'm so bored just sitting there doing, yeah. doing the, you make some raises. I mean, so I, I know that's what you guys do with your programming already. Right. So like if, if I have a baseball player and I always ask them to send me their program or Michael send me the program mm-hmm. or you'll send me the program because I know that some of that stuff that they need to do is already in there. And I just have to tell them like, right. Like, so it depends who they come from first. If they come from you guys first, you're like mom and dad telling them to do something, right? Mm-hmm. They need somebody else to tell them to do it so that they actually do it. Right. So then when we go through it, it's like, oh, wait, you know, in your program, you got like three or four of these already, right? I'll just tell Mike, you know, this is what we need to do with these. And, you know, you can have, you can do your PT in the gym. Now go to the, go back to the gym three or four days a week and, and make sure you're hitting these regularly, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so that's, that's, again, goes back to, you know, being able to communicate with other professionals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like when I'm working with you or Tommy or like Allison with somebody, like I want to know what you guys are doing with them. So what your goals are and what exercises you're using to meet those goals. So I know that you're working on either like surrounding muscle that needs to be worked or flexibility or things of that specific joint that may be injured. And then my head is, okay, let me plug in those concepts as like their rest periods or fillers. Mm -hmm. And then what movement isn't going to cause them pain? And let's train that really hard right yeah yeah and, and then it's not so boring right like that's that's how it like there's some days where especially like my upper body days i do my pt before because yeah. mixing in lower body stuff like i want to get an arm pump i'm just trying to get a calf try, pump trying to get a bro try, session in. yeah i'm trying to get a bro nothing, session you know nothing wrong with a calf pump though so i mean yeah tom tommy was a little upset that i'm gonna have that I pretty much have bigger calves than him already, and I told my Achilles, but you I, see said, my, I told him genetics. Okay. genetics. <laughs> you see my calves in that Dan Jones lunge video he posted the other no, day? Yes, it looked great. They look good. I was, good. Ha- I was happy about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good calf, a good calf flex is nice. Huh? Yeah, it's always nice to have a good. He's he's sitting there telling me my my right calf's gonna be bigger than my left. I'm like, I don't know, man. My left calf's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. But it, it it's it's just and the thing I like about you guys too is you guys make it fun. Like, even though it's the same boring shit you're doing, like, you know, I've posted on my thing, make PT fun, you know, throw the med ball back and forth, like whatever you're doing, like it, it's boring. But then when you throw things like that in there, it makes, makes it more fun, keeps your brain firing and you're not feeling like, okay, you know, 
boom, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then, so it, you guys do create a good environment within the PT session as well, which makes it even better. And you got to give them their purpose, right? Like it goes back to the education piece that Mike was talking about earlier. A lot of times you'll get, you'll go to PT and they'll be like, well, I need you to do this, this, and this exercise. Okay. And they just do it because the PT told them to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus it's like, Hey, listen, you've got to do this exercise because you want to gain five pounds on your, on your back squat then you need to be able to engage your isolate and engage your glute a little bit better. So this boring ass exercise is going to up your squat. Mm -hmm. You want to up your squat, do the fucking exercise. All right. right. Like that, then you, so you can give them that purpose too, right? You want to be able to throw 92, 93. You, you're not going to be able to, if you can't stabilize your shoulder blade, right? right? If you can't stabilize your shoulder blade and strengthen your opposite hip or whatever, you're not going to hit those numbers. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's from like our side, you know, and I mean, you guys got the same thing. Like you can't reverse lunge this much. You can't do a pull-up, you're not going to throw hard. Right. You want to throw hard? Do that. Like, right. And so I try to use that a lot with the hurt kids because mm -hmm. yep. they're all competitive and all yeah. that kind and of we're, stuff. Listen, we're, you're playing psychologists at the same time. You've right. got to put things in the context. You've got to motivate. you you got to educate. Those three things are, are so important. Mm -hmm. um, how do you deal with, Pat, when somebody gets an image, and on that image there's tissue damage, yeah. And how do you explain to somebody that that doesn't mean they need surgery potentially or that isn't going to bound them to pain yeah, for the so rest of their it, life? And it's different for, for different images. I think the, the one we see the most is like back and having, uh, having you know, a disc herniation or disc bulge or anything like that. And again, being able to educate people on, okay, well, if, if it's a disc bulge, this is what you, would, you should be feeling from a pain perspective, right? You should be feeling you know, potential nervy stuff, all that kind of stuff, right? Also, like, how long have you been feeling? Like, being able to educate them around the injury to then determine, like, okay, you know, research also shows that 30% of people walk around with these regularly without any symptoms, right? Same with cuffs, right? Like, rotator cuff, if, I think it's like, if you're over 40, you know, over 40 male, you probably have some kind of injury to your rotator cuff, but not everybody has pain. So I think it's it's all centered around education, right? And then showing them that we can do stuff, kind of like what you said before, we can do things in pain-free ways and pain-free motions and pain-free directions and all that, that allow you to continue to exercise without moving into your pain. And then as we continue to strengthen around that, do we still get the same pain? Do we not get the same pain, right? So that's kind of how we approach it from more of that educational side and then trying to get them to move pain-free in different different directions and show them that, hey, we can still use your shoulder in a different spot, right? We can still use your back in a different way, those kind of things. So that's how we generally approach it. Um, you know, a lot of times getting an image isn't going to change the way we treat someone. Um, so we'll, we'll let them know that too. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people want images just for peace of mind, right? So, you know, how it really feels like something's wrong in there, but a lot... And you're not going to talk them out of that. So you're, they're, they're going to get it. And you can just let them know, like, hey, this is what it's presenting like to us. Whether you get the image or not is not going to change our approach to your, to your care. We're still going to do this. We're still going to do this. We're still going to do this. And our goal is still to get you back to here, right? So that's generally how, how we approach it because we do. We get that question all the time. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to get an MRI first. You're going to wait like four weeks to get an MRI. Yeah. And, and nowadays it's like maybe, maybe not even that. You're going to might even wait longer. So why don't we just try to get ahead of it? 
uh, before that. Yeah, sure, you can keep it on the books. And we've had people that do that, and they'll go and they'll still get their image. And we've had people come in and be like, "Yeah, no, I canceled it. I'm feeling pre- I'm feeling better and stuff like that." So. I think a lot of it is education again, and then just letting them know, like depending on how they present to you, is it gonna change the, the, the course of care or is it not? If right. it's not gonna change the course of care, then what's the point? Right. Well, and when I tell people, I go, yeah, I didn't have any MRIs done. Tore my Achilles, not one MRI. Not before, not after, nothing. And everybody's like, you never had an MRI done? I'm like, they, well, knew, they knew it was yeah, torn. If it's fully torn, it's not yeah, like, They knew it was torn. It's like an easy one to get why, why are they gonna do an MRI? And too i mean afterwards maybe but every time i came in there he's like yep it's healing good your pt's doing a good job keep going boom done and it was funny because every time i would go in there he would tell me like certain things i could do and i'm like i just let him say what he needed to say and in my head i'm like i'm way the fuck past that like i'm fucking so that's that's another deadlifting and whatever so that's another you know part of it is us being performance based we see a lot more people under load squat deadlift you know, shoulder press, that kind of stuff. And so from the surgical standpoint, they don't, they don't see that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're always, and, and to their, to their credit, like they're always trying to protect the surgery mm-hmm. no matter what, and like at all costs. And so for us, it's like, well, no, we, we're watching him in the gym. We're watching him load his leg. We, we can see what's happening. He's not compensating. He's got good length of the tendon. Um, he's not getting any residual swelling or pain or soreness or anything like that. So let's go a little bit, right? So we're a little, on that side of it, we're a little more criteria-based. Like ACLs, Achilles, can you do 15 heel raises? Can you do 15 single leg squats? Can you do 15 lunges? You can do all that? All right, let's go. Then we can start moving forward, right? right. 15 sounds a lot better than 30. Well, that's for heel raise. 30s, yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know if I can do 30 heel raises on my good leg. Well, that's the thing. The, <laughs> the norm for heel raises is really high. Most people can't do it. Listen, right. I'm a heavy guy, all right? I'm not a light guy. But you just told us you got big calves. I do have big calves. <laughs> so then what's the point of the big calves? Yeah, you know, hold up my body. <laughs> this guy loves wearing shorts, that's all. Yeah, it's just for shorts weather, you know? <laughs> that's it. Is it easier to treat somebody with something that's pretty clear cut like Paul, like Achilles tear, I got to progress through this for somebody who just has like, I got low back pain, I got shoulder pain with no clear tissue pathology. Absolutely. Right. Because with something like Paul, where it's like an Achilles tear, an ACL tear, uh, whatever, they are on board. They know, all right, I tore my Achilles. I know what I need to do. And then the progressions for us are, are relatively straightforward in terms of, You've got to hit this, you know, you've got to hit this point, then you've got to hit this point, then mm-hmm. you've got to hit this point. Now, where in, in something like that, where it comes in as if it doesn't respond the way it's supposed to, that's when we, you know, it would get a little more difficult and a little more problem solving. But if you're coming in with like chronic low back pain, right. that is, there's so much more that goes with that. How, right? much, how much do you delve into like the pain, the Everything. pain science side of things? Like with that, with the chronic pain, we, should, we try to try to get into it pretty good it's hard for people to understand that though it's hard for people to to get around it not so so i'm gonna word this correctly so it it is physical pain but it's hard to get around the fact that it might not be triggered by something physical right Mm -hmm. so it's hard for people to understand that and some people do some people know it right, right away they know like oh i go do if i go here and go do this or am i'm going to this person's you know house or i'm going wherever or work or i have you know whenever this happens at work my back starts hurting mm-hmm. well it's pretty clear correlation so some people can get it but right yeah we usually we try to get into all of it right because because when it comes to those kind of things and even even the acute injury right you need your sleep you need your nutrition you need all of those things on point 
as well as that mental health side of thing, right? Like explain how all that ties together in your head when you're treating somebody, just like their nutrition, their sleep, just their overall like level that their nervous system is at while right. they're trying to get out so of pain. So you have that fight or flight system, right? Your sympathetic mm -hmm. and parasympathetic system. So when you're in that chronic pain state, your sympathetic system is always on. It's always firing. You're sympathetic always on high alert. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Fight or flight. You're always, you're always on high alert. So your body is always perceiving pain, right? It's always, it's always in this, in this state of, of, of something, something bad's going to happen. Right. And so then what ends up happening when you're in that state for so long, or when you're in that state for a long period of time, you can actually create changes in your brain as to how sensitive that body part is or, or what, how it responds to, to touch or anything like that. And you can actually make, uh, make these changes of, of changing, changing, how much space that takes up in your head essentially right so you're always thinking about it you know oh i can't you know i know we're supposed to go on this trip in in two weeks and we're going to drive for four hours and i know my back's going to hurt already you're thinking about that way ahead of time so like those are the things we try to get into with that yeah sure you know we'll tease out if there are weaknesses if there are mobility imbalances all that kind of stuff we'll, we'll look at all that but then we will try to get into the discussion of okay well what triggers your back pain Tell me all of the things that trigger your back pain. Right. Oh, when I, you know, getting in and out of the car. Okay. How about if you're driving? Yeah, it hurts when I'm driving. How far are you driving? Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, where are you driving? Right. And so you try to tease those things out to get them to better understand. Okay. Well, it sounds like anytime you go and do this, your back acts up. And then you just kind of have to usually just kind of sit there and stay quiet and try to have them make that connection. Um, and then if there, you know, if there are, if there are people who who need more help, we try to direct them direct them down that path too. Yeah, yeah. See, that's just like a you learn that as you work with more people. That's like the early trainers. Like, well, everything's biomechanics. Biomechanics are so important, movement patterns. But we also have brains with thoughts and with past trauma and mm -hmm. with past people, or whether it's oh, yeah. family or other trainers or PTs or therapists that we've seen. It's like there are so many so much connections in yep. here. Yeah. And you have some connections that become so strong, and some are strong in a good way, whether it's your technique in a lift, how I think about my spouse, and some become strong in, right. a, bad, in a bad way, whether it's pain, whether it's fear avoidance, whether... It, right, it's a difference of, like, somebody who gets runner's high when they run for five miles and someone who, you know, is afraid to run 400 meters because their, their knee is going to hurt. I'm right. just afraid to run 400 meters because I don't like to run. Because <laughs> you don't like to run. But if somebody's chasing you, you could do it. Oh, I'm out. See? I could well, I'll run right now with this Achilles if yeah. I have somebody's chasing me. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. You get so many connections. It's funny. We, one of uh, the PTs I, I learned from way back back when I was first starting, he, he used to say he was a recovering biomechanist. So he was all, you know, all about biomechanics and everything when you're, when you're new and you're learning and you're trying to figure out how joints move, how muscles work, the anatomy, all that kind of stuff. But how much does that really play a part in what's going on with someone, right? And, right? and you have to take that into account with every every person you see. I mean, we've, you know, I know you've got people in here who are who who are like that with chronic pain, and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, one day they can go up and down step, up and down the step, but they can squat, they can squat weight, and then all of a sudden, you know, nothing has changed, and right. all of a sudden now they can't even put weight on on their leg. Right. And it's like, okay, well nothing physically has changed you didn't injure yourself so what has changed what has gone on with with you and your life from last time to this time mm 
mm-hmm. and it's hard for people to it's hard for people to see that it's hard for people to connect that mm-hmm. it's tough i think that's why like setting up a safe and welcoming space for a training session is important for anybody but especially for people in pain or people with anxiety like whether people know it or not like how things are structured in here you walk in we're all going to greet you we're going to smile we're going to say hi okay hopefully if you're in fight or flight it starts to come down. You have a routine. You know where your folder is. You know where the formulas are. You know you go to a space. Okay, hopefully it starts to come down a little bit more. You start doing your routine. I'm going to come ask you about your day. Hopefully it comes down more. You start to move your body. Now you're using your aerobic system. Hopefully it yep. comes down more. Now when it's time to learn your lift, hopefully you're more ready. It's All that stuff matters. When it's 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 creating the relationship too. Mm-hmm. So if you... if the minute they walk in the door, that should come down because the relationship you've created with them has given them a safe place to walk into right off the bat. Right. Yep. So as soon as, or even on the way here, right? Like mm-hmm. when they, that's why it's not, a lot of those people, they won't miss their, their session here. They won't miss their PT session. They'll come every week. They'll come, mm-hmm. you know, three times a week here because the minute they think about, well, I'm going there today. Oh, right. That's like the only time I feel pretty good. Right. Right. And on their way here, they're already feeling good because you've set up the relationship. You set up the, the, um, the progression they go through here before they actually get to their workout progression. And, and it's funny. Like I just thought of this in my head from you talking about creating that safe space. I remember in New York, I had we called them fitness orientations, but basically just a strategy session. And a lot of times, I would spend more time talking than actually doing anything else with them because I'm trying to make them feel comfortable. But I'll never forget one of my very first clients, and she was one of my best clients for the entire time I was in New York. Let me grab pat a little beer here, you know? Um, she came in for her strategy session, walked into my office, and I could see the fear of God in her, in her eyes. And she looked me dead in the face and said, I had a nightmare about this night, last night. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. She signed up that day. She did two sessions a month with me. She signed up in, when did I start there? 2018. So it was like 2018 she signed up with me. She was with me until I left because of COVID. Right. Like, until I left New York City because of COVID. And she tried to do the online stuff with me. It just didn't work well for her, which was fine. So I told her who to go to for a trainer down there. And she loves working out. Like she went from being having a nightmare about going to the gym, just walking into the gym, to from the time that she walked into my office and we got done, we didn't even, I don't even think we did a workout that day. Right. She and, left there and she was ready to and go. those are the best, and that, in and, my opinion. And oh, she was also sure. a blank slate, so like I could just, like teaching her was the easiest thing in the world. I was like, you, why can't everybody be like you? Blank, yeah. sli- blank slates they're, are so yeah, much easier to work fun. with. Yes, so much easier. They're fun. Right, I gotta I, do this for Jordan, right? It's yeah. not a happiness, please. That, that sounds good. Ooh, I gotta watch the, the desk. Well, that's all right. We, yeah, we'll clean it up it's, afterwards. It's fine. Dan, Dan will smell that in the morning when he comes in. <laughs> of course he will. <laughs> Dan out there playing Call of Duty right now? Uh, something. Yeah, shout out to Dan Shout out to Dan. Shout out to Dan. Call of Duty and Coors Light. Shout out Dan Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, but those are, those are the fun ones. But that's the thing. Like, cre- cre- uh, you know, that that's the other disadvantage, I think, that in-network clin- clinicians have. They don't have that time to spend just rehashing so this is what I, what I mean like when you come in and you get you you know we're going to reevaluate you we're going to sit down and we're going to talk to you again how's it been going since the last time we saw you what have you been doing have you been able to go back to the gym i talked to mike he told me you've been you haven't been able to do this that or that right um 
you know, being able to sit down and have that conversation because generally speaking for us, at least in PT, right, we're considered healthcare. So when people come in and they see me in a sweatshirt and, you know, my, my, my joggers and stuff like that, they're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be different. Right. I love it. So it's like, I love it. I love it. What I say, my pet peeve was when we went to the gentle core conference, fucking polos, trainers, wearing, trainers wearing, polos. wearing polos, fucking worst. Take them off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a polos. So, you know, you guys know I got polos. Got yeah, nice but polos. that's different. You're a PT. A little yeah. different. So, so, but you know, you come in and it's different right off the bat. So it's a little disarming there for them. Right. But then as, as PTs where we're considered more of the healthcare clinician, all that kind of stuff, which again, which is what I like, what do you guys do here with your, your strategy sessions is you sit down with them and you talk to them. No, what other clinician talks to them for more than like three minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest things we hear is like, well, he sat down and like, I talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes. We talked about everything that's going on. And to me, one, that helps calm them down, right? That helps bring that sympathetic nervous system down. It helps them relax. It helps them feel like they've been heard. And then they're going to tell you what's wrong. Mm-hmm. If you just sit there and listen, they're going to tell you what's wrong. And, you know, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, my shoulder hurts, but, you know, I play, I play tennis and, you know, I used to have a problem with my, with my ribs when I rotate. And it's like you just listen and it's like, oh, well, that's probably the cause of your problem. Like you've probably had this issue for a long time and it's just been building up and now it's manifesting in your shoulder because your hips don't rotate or something like that, right? And so, you know, being able to sit down and listen and take that time is super important to yeah. creating that relationship. How, how do you, it, you gotta train that listening muscle or you naturally have that listening muscle. Do you talk to your hires about that? Yeah, so we actually do train, we do training on it. We just did it, uh, let's say Friday, yesterday, at least track of days. Uh, we did a yesterday, another training. So we, we do their clinical training and then we do what I'm calling now their, their communication training, like their, uh, their mindset meetings, like stuff like that. So it's, uh, we just went through it yesterday on when you get someone in the door, like, how are you asking questions? Are you asking closed ended questions? Are you asking open ended questions? Are you following up on those questions? Are you, are you trying to seek out some personal avenue for them? you know, to create more of a relationship? Are you, are you trying to figure out more about what's going on? You know, try and tease more information out of them. So we, we went through that yesterday. Yeah. So we train on that. We train on how, how to talk to people during their session. We train on how to close, how to, in terms of, you know, going back through what it is you want them to do and why you want them to do it and why it's important. So we train on that. Um, and then we train on how you follow up after that how you write them in writing. If you're writing an email, what goes in that email, your personal touch, revent, rehashing what you're going through, why these exercises you're sending them are important. Um, if you have any questions, please let us know. We are looking forward to seeing you next time. I love it. Right. You know what I just finished? I just finished uh, never split the difference. Great book. You recommended that yeah. to me, right? Yeah. He's an FBI negotiator. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great book. But like tremendous carryover just to life. Yeah. Like oh, it's yeah. a book about negotiation, but is that, is that the book where he ba- like, I think one of my clients was telling me he like, if they ask you a question or a, they give you a statement, you ask them, you basically just say it back to them. Mm-hmm. Like that, is it from yeah, that book? It might be from that book, but there, he's all, he does it, a lot of like- What's the mir- author's name? Mirroring, I don't remember. Paul, look it up just so we, we give this what's guy his respects. We're talking split, about ne- uh, never, never split, split the, the difference. difference. Yeah, it's just about his active listening and how yeah. important that was. I mean, lives were ride or die. Chris, Christopher Voss and yeah. Tal Raz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Chris Voss. Voss yeah. But, yeah, yeah, good book, but just all about listening. Yeah. Listening, I'm pretty listening, sure that. and then body language, 
mimicking, like all that kind of stuff. And it's funny too, when you, when you read it and you do that and you go meet people of, you know, like your peers and all that, and you see them doing it. Like mm-hmm. when, when you start talking to them, you'll notice like people doing it back. Yeah. And some people it's inherent. That's just like your habit. That's what I was just going to say. So this stuff is trainable, but I think also you inherently have it or not. Yeah. Like when I want to hire somebody, like you need to inherently have be a good people person, be a good communicator, be a good listener, be fun to be around. If you don't inherently have that, like, I'm not going to train you in it. You're right. probably not going to well, be as good as, as, as... Yeah, it's tough to train personality, right? right. Yeah. Like if you, have, if you have those traits in you already, I can, uh, you know, using this, this stuff that talked about in that book and all that, you can hone those skills, you can make them better. But if you don't have that personality already, it's tough to, it's tough to train you in yeah. that personality. I think if you're an up-and-coming... Up like trainer or physical therapist, like put a priority in that stuff on oh, relationship yeah. building, on listening, um, yeah, on just on just dealing with people, and then your other skills. Well, I would almost build I them. would almost argue that people will remember more. Like they got, like I had a guy today. We were talking about the Yankees, and he's wearing a Judge shirt, and I was like. I was like, oh, what's going to go on with these guys this year? Are they going to be any good? And we got into that, and they had Dave Matthews hat on. I was talking about Dave Matthews, how, I, how, you know, we go see him at SPAC or whatever. We've been there. He'll remember that stuff before mm-hmm. he remembers whatever exercises I told him to do, right? right? And this is why I got to send him to him, right? Yeah. But he, he gets the exercises, but that's the stuff that he connects with. And he's probably more likely to adhere to those exercises oh. because mm-hmm. you're having those conversations. Well, because right. because – Pat is a person just like me. Yeah. Pat isn't this guy who just Not thinks about robot. robot right. who talks about my fucking shoulder. Pat's this joy. guy who likes the Yankees also, and you know, will listens has listened, gone to Dave Matthews concerts and all this kind of stuff. And I can talk to him about the game, and so I don't want to let him down. So mm-hmm. you know, he told me to do these things. These things will help me. I should probably do them. That's yeah. the most important thing. Just just be your authentic self, and 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 let your other skills like. Kind of, they're they're gonna come and they're gonna fall in place. Right. And you talk about not letting down. The amount of times I can think of, and I can think just even back to my very first two clients I had at Retro Fitness in Pittsfield, and I went in there super intimidated because I'm first clients. I'm like, fuck, dude, do I even know what I'm doing? And I just said, you know what? I'm just gonna be myself. I'm gonna have good conversation, and I'm gonna give them a good workout. Like I'm gonna do my best of trying to make sure I'm doing my job. And those guys, again trained with me until I left retro fitness yeah until I moved yeah. to New York City and it was just like one again the relationship I built with them was more and then I slowly learned more and more and more and eventually got to the point where I felt like I was you know top dog um, yeah. and then I you know you, you move to New York City and you get your kind of you get brought down a little bit and understand and learn more and and now it's like it's a constant learning process mm-hmm. as far as just like oh, you've hit that curve. The movement parts. <laughs> right. You've hit that curve that we were talking we're about. All, yeah. we're all it's constant, to, constant learning, right? It's you constant should learning. always, yeah, you should be a constant I've learned, learner. I've learned in this, what are we, an hour and 20 minutes in? Like just now from sitting here with you. Like right. this has been awesome for me because I'm learning as I'm going as well. So, and that's with Tom. Like every time we do an exercise, I'm like, I ask him, you know, Maybe not every time, but a lot of times I ask them, like, oh, why are we doing this? What's the point of this? Oh, yeah, it, but it becomes, a, it becomes a mindset, right? Yeah. You always want to be learning. Yes. You're not always thinking, what's that quote, like the smartest guy in the room quote? I don't know. I always mess yeah. it up. It's like, if you think you're the smartest guy in the room or whatever, like you always want to be 
you always want to be learning. And so mm-hmm. once you can figure out that mindset, once you get to that mindset, you you take every opportunity to turn it into a, a, a learning point, even yeah. with clients, with other clinicians, with other coaches. Mm-hmm. With your with your significant other, like you, you can turn all of those things into into learning points. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I think being able to develop those relationships, like I did, it helped me realize sooner that I didn't know everything, that I needed to continue to mm-hmm. educate myself, and I needed to continue to expand, you know, where my training was going to go for clients, whether it was like you talked about, a seventeen year old or a seventy three year old, because right. when I was in New York City, I had everything from i think the youngest client i had was 18 and the oldest client i had was 77. so it went complete wide range but the relationships i was able to build there allowed me i feel like to have that reality check sooner because i was like "Fuck, dude i can't make this 77 year old woman do what this 18 year old kid is doing over here (laughs) but to a degree but to a degree you're very similar that's what i love about what we do we've shared clients who are i don't even know Older, older adults, yeah. fourteen-year-old kids, pro athletes, college athletes, yeah. high school athletes—like you name it—we've yeah. covered the spectrum. Yeah, between the, between the, our two spots, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and yeah, you, um, we, we we they do similar stuff in terms of like what you know, trying to maximize their effort and all that, and that's why that's why I love it. That's why I love that that style, that model. Like, mm-hmm. why well, have a seventy-three-year-old lady? I've got her trap bar deadlifting, you know, one thirty-five for reps, right? And a year and a half ago, she would barely deadlift an eighteen-pound kettlebell, yeah. Right. And, and now, you know, so now she's, now she's doing that. And she's like, my friends can't believe this is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like your friend, your friends need to do it. Right. Um, but now she doesn't waddle when she walks because she actually has glute strength. Like now, you know, she doesn't, she's not scared about going up and down the curb to, to go to church or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we were saying before, sometimes those are the clients that are like, yeah, this is, this is, this is the, this is what I'm talking about. Right. Well, I think you said motivated movers. Motivated, motivated movers. Like that, I love that term. That's a, that's a great term. It is a great term. Um, with that, like, what are what are more common injuries that you see in like the high school population, the athletic high school population? I know sports are going to make it different. Yeah. So this is this is tough too nowadays. I think because like nowadays you're getting more kids with like back pain. Okay. It's like what. Why do you kill? You're a teenager. You're not supposed to have back pain. No. Um, and I think that leads to kind of, I think you guys have had, the, like I said, you've had this discussion before about like the, the overuse and, and, um, you know, sport, single sport specific type of stuff and all that. I think, I think that's part of it, but I would say generally it, for like a catch all would just be like overuse injuries. Um, I, in the young athlete, I guess it depends. Obviously, if we're if we're with baseball players, it's shoulder it's shoulders, if and that's from like twelve year olds to to you know college kids, they're all shoulders and and a lot of them it's these younger kids are starting to throw more, they're starting to pitch more, they're starting to play baseball only at, you know starting at twelve, they're playing all year round, they're not taking any breaks, so that's I usually see I usually see the shoulders shoulders there and then if you're a non overhead athlete. I want to say it's more like your muscle strains, you know, your hip flexor strain, your groin strain, your hamstring strain. And again, to me, that all stems from weakness. Like mm-hmm. we we're working with a, with a girl's soccer club now. And some of these girls we're trying to teach them just how to squat, like air squat. And they have no idea how to do it. Right. They're 13 year olds to, to 19 year olds. No idea how to do it. And some of them are like, Oh, but I lift, but I lift. And then they'll be like, yeah, but my knee hurts. It's like, well, <laughs> 
there's a reason for that, right? And so I think a lot of those like muscle injuries yeah. have to do with either the two things, this lack of strength or this lack of body awareness and body movement, right? So again, it goes back to that multiple sport athlete thing where it's like, if I know how to slide on defense in basketball and I need to turn and pivot when I'm playing soccer, that translates. Those mm -hmm. two things translate. So now I don't pull my groin when I turn to pivot in soccer, right? right? Or if I'm constantly jumping in basketball, you know, and then I'm going to play baseball and I got to go dive for a ball. I don't like, you know, tweak my calf jumping or, or stepping off a base or sliding into a base or something like yeah. that. Right. So I think a lot of that has to do with that. But I would say, yeah, more more like muscle muscle injury right. type of stuff. I think, too, you ever see that, I don't know if it's Cressy or Mike Boyle put it out, but that pyramid that's like sport practice mm -hmm. at the top, but movement. So picture picture this, like there's a pyramid and the biggest part of the pyramid, the base at the bottom is like your movement quality how well you move. And then the next layer is like your strength. So how strong are you in those movement patterns? Then it's your power, how much power output do you have? And then it's your speed, how fast can you run? And then it's your sport specific skills. Mm -hmm. Parents will take that pyramid, flip that, sh flip that shit right upside yeah. down. And now they have at the base their sports specific skills and then it works backwards. So now yeah. you're a poor mover, you're weak, but now you're doing a lot of the sprinting mm -hmm. and you're doing a lot of your sports specific skills. And there's the recipe for these overuses, for the I feel yeah, like. Absolutely, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, the, you the, the, I, I think I, you can see it in, it's funny, whenever I have a, a young athlete come in with a lower body injury, right? Um, in order to get them back to running and stuff, we have to do single leg hops, double leg hops, bounding, like all that kind of stuff, right? Most of the, most of the time, just for fun, I have them do hopscotch. Not a single fucking one of them can do it. Not a single one. Jump from two legs to one leg to two legs to the other leg to two legs to one. None of them can figure out how to organize that movement. And I'm like, have you never done this before? And they're like, I don't know what hopscotch is. And I'm like, that. I'm like, you can't organize that movement pattern. That's crazy to me. It's like no wonder you hurt your leg. You you know you turn your ankle. You hurt your knee. You mm -hmm. hurt your hip. Right. Like you you can't. It, the thing I think what what gets lost is sports are so variable right there's there's yeah there are certain movements you're going to always go through but in a game or a meet or or whatever a competition something can come out of nowhere to make you move way differently than you've trained for right. and your body can't handle it and that's when you get hurt right? right because you've never gotten into those positions doing something else climbing right. a tree right like or or playing a different sport or, or something like that. And so that's right. how people get hurt because they, like you said, that movement quality becomes the top of the pyramid and they're just worried about, let me practice baseball, let me practice baseball, let me practice baseball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ride a bike, go move, go run. I go. mean, we were talking to a kid today who was worried about going leaving because he wasn't gonna be able to hit and lift and do all his baseball stuff. I'm like, dude, it's gonna be here when you get back. Like, Oh, on vacation. Yeah, he's going on vacation yeah. and he didn't want it. He's like, it's like, oh, I don't want to go because I'm not going to be able to hit. I'm not going to be able to do my baseball. I'm not going to be able to lift. I'm like, that's what I'm like. You, I'm like, you're going to forget, you're going to forget how to hit a baseball in like, a week. Right. Go, go enjoy yourself for a week because it's probably going to be beneficial for you right. mentally. And then you're going to come back here and you're probably going to hit the fucking shit out of the ball when you come back because you got that mental reset. Yeah. You're going to come back in, you're going to lift a shit ton of weight. Like, it, I feel like because it's so ingrained, whether it's from parents or seeing other kids do it, whatever it is. They don't take those mental breaks, let alone physical breaks. Right. Like, 
they may take a physical break, but they're not they're not taking a mental break. But even you could even go on vacation and throw on the beach, right? Right. right. But it's gonna be way different than yeah. when you throw here. Like if you're throwing with your dad on the beach, it's gonna be way different. Right. You throw pot flies, throw the ball in the in the sand at each other, like have fun with it. Yeah. Right. Right. It becomes business so much, right? And yeah. they, they they don't have as much fun with it. Um, yeah, I, we used to do that shit on vacation all the time. Yeah. You go play, you know, we would go straight to the store, buy a wiffle ball bat yep. and, and just play on the beach and still swing and hit, but it's way different. It's, it's a, way, a different. way different capacity. Yeah. yeah we used to, when we played wiffle ball, we would, we would do, I don't know, we would do every other inning lefty or something like that. And that's just what we did. Yeah. But like, you're looking back, you're like, ah, you're giving your body something different. Something different. Yeah. yeah. Right. Something different. Is it hard? Is it hard with your kids? Do you just see this stuff all the time or can you step back and just like chill? Or you're like, okay, I got it. They're doing these sports. They're just playing. I'd like to believe that I can step back and chill. Yeah. yeah. My wife would probably say differently. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think right now, because they're still super young, I can. How old are they? Seven and four. The the four year old's going to be an animal. Is he playing on the elite she. elite four she elite four you uh, team yet? Not yet, <laughs> not yet. But but uh, she they want me to bring her out for for like a soccer club, and I'm like, no, dude. She's she's just flipping around a bar at home right now. Let her go. Yeah, right. let her live her best life. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, we're 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 pretty chill with it right now. He, my son is he he's not as interested yet. And I'm fine with that. It's different for me because I started playing when I was, I think I started playing t-ball when I was four, soccer when I was four, and then I started. I didn't start. I didn't start playing basketball until third grade, and then I played up. I played one year of JV basketball in high school, but I used. I played it every year after that, and I didn't play in a league or competitively until I think third grade. I don't know. I'll ask my parents. I'd have to figure it out, but I know baseball. Unfortunately, I had to play soccer for a little bit, and then football. I mean, unfortunately, that's wrong with you. Yeah. Listen, my foot—it's the world sport. You play soccer and baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are your big. I played yeah soccer and baseball in college, and then I played one year of JV basketball. And, and but we used to play like I used to play roller hockey at home. We used to play basketball in the in the backyard. We used to play football in the backyard. Mm-hmm. We used to play. Me and my brother would make. I mean, you guys probably know this, right? We we'd make we'd make games up in the basement to yeah. like hit stuff, throw I, stuff. I don't like punch that. each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. That's getting replaced with more structure. Yeah, kids yeah. don't. They need less less structure. less structure. Yeah, right? less structure. Yeah, like, um, more I, hide and seek, manhunt, like yeah. stuff like that. I feel like kids are have so much structure. Like even when we were growing up, like you were school is structured, right? Practice, structured. But, but everything we did outside of that, unstructured, unstructured as fuck. As fuck. Like yeah. we used to play stickball, do whatever the fuck you want. I, I'd go. I remember I'd be at my dad's and I'd go play wiffle ball for like two hours. Then like, go get go get a drink real quick. Get grab something to eat. Get a snack. Go back out. We'd be playing basketball for another like two hours. Then go grab something else to eat. Do this. Do that. Then we go play something else for like. Right. And then all of a sudden we look up and it's dark out and we're like, fuck. All right, let's play manhunt. Let's play manhunt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we would do. And then we'd go ride bikes for an hour. Yeah. And then go back and play stickball. Then go swimming. Yeah. And then go play manhunt. And we do all that Fucking stuff. Fucking home run derby. Like, yeah. it, it was, you know. And that's another thing, too. Like, I remember home run derby. You used to play that all. I used to play that all the time. We would just go. We had a field near my dad's. And we'd be like, all right, the tall grass is the home run. Yeah. Right? And we'd do righty. We'd do lefty. Yeah. We'd, we'd be pitching to each other. We'd be doing soft toss. Like, all different stuff. And then... You know, after we got done with Home and Derby, we go do something else. But, like, it's the unstructured stuff that I feel like is lost right yeah. now. But I, I, like, think I, I'm, I'm chill. Like, I coach my son's soccer team, and I 
like some guy, some people want them, they want them to run drills and all this stuff. I'm like, they're six and seven years old. They need to learn how to like, they just need to learn to have fun playing the game first, right? Like I can teach you the skill. You can, yes, you can get the skills and we can get the skills later, but they just need to enjoy playing the game first. Like mm -hmm. they need to understand what the game is. They need to understand how to use a ball and then they need to have fun. And that's, mm -hmm. that's to me right now, that's where I'm at. This is. I also don't coach this baseball because maybe I wouldn't be as chill. Right. But um, when they get older, I would imagine myself being a little more aggressive with coaching. Was it was it hard when you first had kids shifting from like a work mode all the time, and that's on your mind all oh, the still, time? Still hard. Is it still really hard? Yeah. That that's a big. That's something. I mean, if you talk to Sam, she'd be like, "That's my fear with Mike, and that's my fear with myself." Yeah. It's still hard. It's still hard to do. I mean, part of it is because you got your own business, right? So, right. you know, not for not for not for nothing, and not 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 diminishing anybody's input in your business or anything like that. But no one is gonna think and do what you will for your business, right? Even if they are been with you forever, right? It's your it's your business. So it's like that is just that, that's to me that's always there, and you have to be able to be okay with stepping away from it right and so that's part of now this is a different avenue of relationships right so this is part of building your team and creating a good environment a good working environment and a good a good place where people want to be and want to help you and want to work um, and are passionate about it and are passionate about the clientele you have right because if you have all of that and you're comfortable in that then then I, I hope I'm not there yet but I, I've seen it with some of my business mentors right that then you are comfortable. I'm gonna go on a two week vacation with my kids. We're going here, here, and here. Um, you know, Paul and Dan and 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 um, and whoever else they got it. And Sam, or well, no, Sam will be with you. Um, Connor, Connor, oh, they've got it. They've got it, and I know they've got it. I don't need to check in. Right, right. If something happens, they know how they know how to handle it. Right, and so. Right. You know, not until you get to that point, in my opinion, will you will you be able to detach. But I mean, it's still hard for me to do, right? Like, I got they got basketball tomorrow morning, early tomorrow morning. But then we have a we have a workshop at a CrossFit gym. So, you know, while I'm there at basketball, I'm going to be thinking about okay, what am I going to say at this workshop? I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to make sure I email this person. I got to make sure I text this person. I got to make sure they fill out waivers. I got to make sure I right. can do this. And you know, at some point, I I'm not going to. I'm not going to be responsible for all that. Right. And so I won't necessarily have to think about all that, but I'm not, we're not, I'm not there yet. So it's hard, it's hard to turn that switch off. I could, yeah, I could be, or I should be, but yeah. I'm not there yet. Did your, did your growing up, did your parents work like that? Like crazy? Um, my dad worked a lot. Yeah. He, I mean, he was up and gone by the time we woke up and then he would come home. But in this, but the thing is like he, he coached my brother's soccer team. He assistant coached my brother's baseball team, but then he coached my baseball team. Right. So he had a season for us, for wherever we were, um, he would be, he would be there. So if like he was on, he was he was my baseball coach. He was there every practice, every game. Right. And if he was my brother's soccer coach, he was there every practice, every game. Like he was right. always going to be there. He would make sure he would he would get there. So if he had to leave at five o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. to be able to leave work early. That's what that's what he would do. Thing, I said to my dad, I'm like, how did this guy sleep? He just never he, he just never slept, he and he still doesn't. He doesn't. No. And it's crazy, but it's like this is what I grew up around, right? Is like a nonstop work, mm -hmm. right? And and to me, it's like it's just deeply ingrained. Like right. it's all my brain yep. knows. So where we start to talk about kids, 
And it's like, right. how, and with that, my anxiety that, and my work, like, how is this going to They'll change, I mean, you don't know until it happens, right? And that right. it changes everything once once the kid shows up, like, immediately upon, upon, upon it happening. I, I remember my mom telling me the, so here you go. My dad wasn't there when my son was born the day of because he was at work. And he was, he was away, he was flying in. So he flew in, like, as soon as he could, he could fly, he flew in. Mm-hmm. But my mom was there, and the next day when she got, or the, later that day when she got to meet my son or whatever, she was like, she was like, did, did you think you could love anything so much so quickly? And that's the, like, that's the quick change. You, you can't. So when they come, they, they change, they change your thought process pretty quickly. Right. But it's always like you said paul it's always there like it's always like okay sometimes i'll be playing with him on the switch or he wants to play a board game or he wants to uh he wants to play hide and seek or he wants to go outside and something and some at first i'll be like like i could use this time to be writing emails i could or answering questions or creating creating content like i I could be using this time and you have to be like no right turn the switch off that that will be there later this moment right now that'll be gone if i don't take it you gotta have that light switch that's what's fucking tough for me yeah it's taking that switch shut off motherfucker yeah (laughs) right and it turns it springs itself right back right but shut off motherfucker (laughs) but this is what i'm saying like when that kid shows up that's that that it's hard to say that now if you don't have a child right if once you have one I think that that makes it makes it easier to switch it or easier to do it and then be like, no, you know, be in the moment and do and do this. That will go a lot longer way than, you know, making sure, you know, making sure the schedule is just right tomorrow. And I can even say for me and I'm not even I don't necessarily own my own business. I, I have like my online business, but I don't have like a fucking building and all these other things that go into it. But even for me, it's hard to turn the switch off. Yeah. Like, and I'm I'm not a business owner, but I think about here or, or whatever. And I, sometimes I catch myself. I'll be having a conversation with somebody, and I try hard to not have conversations about work when I'm outside of work. But sometimes it's just like it's just related. Like, okay, we're talking about this. It's relatable to this. People want to ask you about it all. Yeah, the time. people want to fucking all ask you about it time. all the time. This is why I don't go out in my hometown because <laughs> people ask me fucking shit that I don't want to talk about. Like, that's so, why I don't treat my family. Yeah. So it's it's just like that's why you treat my family. That's why I treat your family. <laughs> Because when I go on vacation, they're not there <laughs> asking me about their injuries. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's tough to turn that that switch off if you're somebody that you know is a hard worker or a grinder that you know wants to see your business succeed or the place that you work at succeed. Um, it's hard to turn that switch off, and I can only imagine being a business owner for both of you how hard it is to when you go home from here. Okay, I got to do this, 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 and this, and. I was talking to your mom, Mike, this morning about how much extra time you're gonna have when you're when you're in uh, Burnt Hills and you mo- make the move. And <laughs> you think you don't think he's already allotted that extra time to something else? <laughs> oh, that's what I was. Yeah, talking. I guarantee you, I was he's talking, already. I was that. talking to, to her about it. I was like, this is where he could, you know, instead of staying here for an extra 30 minutes doing fucking paperwork. All right, do that in the morning when you get up, because Lord knows you're not fucking gonna sleep past the time that you've been sleeping for the last three years. <laughs> You're gonna this wake up at 4 a.m. and you're gonna be up and you're gonna have an extra yeah. hour. To he's already been. He's already like, dude, I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have an extra hour a day. I said he's gonna to have make two, sure extra two because he's I bet have you, an hour. What did you already home. put in those hours? What are you gonna do in those hours? I haven't written blogs in years. I'm gonna use that time to write blogs. That's right. what he's gonna do. He's gonna have an extra hour <laughs> in the morning and at night. 
So he's got an extra two hours in his day because he's not driving 50, 55 minutes home. Sam's, so. Sam's just like, you little bitch, come do the dishes. <laughs> Get your ass home and do the dishes. Oh, well, you should just dictate them and then have have someone else write them. Dictate them in the, or you could have done that when you were driving here. Yeah, this See? is true. My drive time is like my fucking That's the time. That's, time. That's my only issue. So actually, I think, how far are you going to be from here when you move? 15 minutes. So the ride home, I'll miss because that's like process my thoughts, decompress, decompress try to get yeah. home with a clear head to be as present as possible. But the morning commute sucks. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> the, so where I go, generally our main location, it's like 12 minutes in the morning. Oh, it doesn't give me enough time to like, like get it to get, like get it together before I walk in. Yeah. yeah. And I used to drive, uh, maybe like, well, when I was when I was here, I used to drive from where I am up to Saratoga, so it was like 25, 30 minutes. I'd drink my coffee, mm-hmm. you know. I could listen to I. So like now, what actually what I've gotten away from because it's so short is like listening to my books on tape. Right, it's tough to process anything. In right, 12 minutes. it's I got twelve minutes. Like by the time I get, I got an old school car, right. So it's like I gotta plug the thing in and then you know plug it into the phone and then make sure it's loud enough. All that shit. It doesn't just connect. Like it's not just Bluetooth, right? That's the wife's car, and so. It just takes, it take me like three minutes to get it going. And then by the time like I can start actually listening and processing, it's done. So I just listen to shitty sports radio. Mm. Now I know everything about sports and then, and then I lose some of that time. So I, you know, that's one thing for me. I want to get back is, you know, get back to getting into my business books, my leadership books, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think having that shorter commute sometimes takes away from some of those things of you being able to decompress and, yeah. mm-hmm. and process everything that happened today. And, mm-hmm. Okay, what do I need to, what do I need in my head? What do, what checklist do I need to go through to be okay when I get home? That's it. So that I don't, I'm not thinking about it when I get home and I don't, because sometimes like when I drive home, I'll, I'll have something in there that's like, I got, as soon as I get home, I get to the island, I pop up my computer and I do a couple yeah, things. For real. And it sucks, man, because I got the two little ones running around. Like, I just get home. They're just super excited for me to get home. And it's like, I have to get these things out of my head. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to function, you know, like I want to function kind yeah. of a thing. And so sometimes when you when you lose that commute, you lose a little bit of that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I drive 25, 30 minutes, and I definitely use that. I mean, the drive here helps me, you know, it gets me mentally ready. I drink my, you know, Celsius you, or whatever. You didn't tell me my headlight was out. Um, my bad. I, how no. am I supposed to? First of all, let's be real. It was dark out, and yeah, that's why you have headlights. You can see the headlights. The only the only reason I <laughs> thought it might be him was because we were coming from the same spot. But he left way fucking before me. Like he got it, and so I was like, all right, that, there's no way that's Mike. And I never saw him go in front of me, so I never saw his license plate because I know what Mike's license plate starts with. So if I saw it, I would have been like, oh, it's and I'll text weird. him. Do you know how I found out? You know how I know I know that because him and Sam have the same three letters to start their license plate. In fact, that's also weird because they got their license plates at the same time, basically. Yeah. I, I failed inspection today because my fucking Cause head was <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't the only reason. Well, there's a lot of other things, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you, you didn't tell me? You came back and I came like, back and I was I like, well, my well, I was only going to be gone for an hour, and I was gone for like three and a half hours. You didn't know that I knew this until after. Yeah. So I came back. Yeah. So like, I failed inspection. And blah, blah, blah. And Paul's like, oh, yeah, yeah I saw the headlight out like last week. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know it was Thanks, him. Bro. I didn't know it was him. I didn't know it was him. He was behind me. So you went... You went to do an inspection that you allotted an hour for. I blocked the schedule. An oh, hour. he blocked the schedule, and I'm sitting for an there. hour, mm-hmm. and it took you three and a half or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how that make you feel? And I didn't bring my computer. Oh, you I, had your phone though. Yeah, but I don't. I don't like. He, what did you say when you came back? You you're like I could never work a fucking desk job. Yes, I just <laughs> sat there for three and a half hours. I did not. I like sent a couple emails, 
and like went on TikTok for a second. I people watch. Nona Pia? Yeah. Yeah, Nona Pia. She's okay. making mac and cheese. Just making sure it was Nona Pia. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm not a TikToker. I, I, only, I only have it because people will fucking send me shit and then I laugh because yeah. they do send me funny shit. But like, I don't want it to, because then it's got to go to the fucking browser. It's got to load. I'm, I'm, old, like, I'm older than you guys, though. So Just by a little. Just by a little. 37. 37. Oh, okay. You look cool. Come on. I look 34. I, look I was hoping I look younger than that. I was going to say like 28, but you know, it's cool. Jordan, how, how old do you think I was? 32. 32. I'll take it. I'll take it. There we go. I like I'm this about guy. to be 32. Like, so. when, we, when we have kids guess ages in the gym, Ronnie. if we go, we'll have them guess oldest to youngest. They'll go, I'm always the youngest. They'll go, Mike Dan Hall. I'm always the youngest. And I'm like, ass fucking backwards. Hey, someone thought I was younger than Tom. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. Hey. Boy, it's 25. He's young. He's yeah. great though. He's yes. got that personality. He's, he's got the personality. He's great. Like it. I genuinely look forward to. That's why PT. I hired him. Not because he's family. Don't tell anybody that. No. <laughs> but he's great. His personality is yeah, great. great. He fits. He, he meshes well with different types yeah. of people. I, I legit look forward to every PT session. Sh- shout out Tommy G right now. Tommy G. Shout Tommy out G. Tommy G. Tommy G. Got a new dog. I I did say fuck you, Tommy G, on the last podcast, but that was because yeah, because he makes made me do Copenhagen planks. Oh, uh, the Copenhagen suck. Yeah, they suck. That's <laughs> like a staple. So, but that was that was a rightful like that, f you. <laughs> I think. Where did you do that on the podcast? It was the last one, the Herc podcast. Yeah, because Alicia listens to all your. That stuff. was so much fun with those guys. Packard is like. Dude, he's come a long way. So, you, so whoever whoever's he's been wild. been he, following along, uh, he's at Dayton now. Yeah, well, he's gonna, gonna be. go be there next year. Yeah. But yeah, Pat rehad Ryan. Ryan was talking about his Tommy John experience, and, and Pat's the guy who who guided him the whole way. He didn't even shout me out. No, he shouted you I'm guys. Text out. him right now. You should text you should. him right now. He actually texted me about something. Yeah, you should. But no, uh, bicep shit. <laughs> was it? Was it mm-hmm. bicep shit? Yeah. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> <laughs> we got a text from Ferone too. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> send me that bicep shit. No, those guys are great. Tommy Johnson been fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot. And and well, I mean, fun for us, right? It's sad. Well, yes, it's for sad them. for them. But and, listen, somebody has to help them. And I re- right, right, right. And and you know, I think with the Tommy John stuff, most of the Tommy Johns that we've had, we've had together, right? We've we've. This we've, is why know. this is why relationships are so important. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think what even the first how it even first. Uh, it's because of our. Connected. I mean, I don't, I'm not. I'm not allowed to say names. You no, can say names. No, but we've had a connection with a doctor through somebody else, and right. then and through then one of our linked, high school kids. We linked up through a high school kid. Yeah, it was Correct. our high school kid that ended up going to the doc. Then the, and then the doc ended up linking me with the pro who ended up coming to you who ended up linking with his trainer who you already knew his strength trainer, and, and it then it was boom, boom. It was from there. Right just, together, yeah, and that's how everything kind of exploded from there. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, every Tommy John we've had in the last year has been has been a shared mm-hmm. a shared rehab and, and training, which is awesome. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, and you can see the results, too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, between all the guys that we've had come in here. I, yeah. I, and it's crazy to think of how many guys, even since I've been here, that I could think about. And, I mean, it, all of them have made crazy progress. Most, Pretty much all of them have come back throwing harder. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, the college. Sometimes the college kids, you got to pull them back in a little bit. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. especially in. especially you know, pack. You know, I'm sure he. You know, I, I'll never forget the day he was fucking doing like monkey bars in here, and you're like, "What the fuck are you doing, Ryan?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man has a Tommy John surgery. We're just starting. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even know if we started doing pull-ups yet or not. And he's fucking monkey bar. And he's trying to swing from <laughs> bar to bar on the rig, and I'm like, I'm about. I'm going to need to leave or I'm going to lose my mind on you right now. (laughs) 
mind you, this is a kid who wants to play high level, you know, high level college baseball and, you know, throw as hard as he can and, but, and, and give himself the best chance. But that's part of why we're here. We're bumpers for these kids. We take <laughs> yeah. their energy and you've got to just gotta harness, harness it. it in the right direction yep. through education. And that's also how you, you, harness it. you can see the growth in someone like Ryan from, from that oh. moment there to where he is now. Oh, listen yeah. to him talking. Like, just listen to him talk. Yes. Yeah, last podcast, it was like. I mean, Holy fuck. for his, for him going through, I mean, I know you did it. Like he and I, we had like two or three conversations. I was like, dude, if you don't want to do this, like, I, you know, I'll make sure you're good. Your elbow's good. You're, you, you know, you can play, mm-hmm. but if you don't, if you don't actually want to do what you're saying you want to do, then tell me now. Cause you know, then I won't, I won't be as hard of, you know, as hard on you as, as I'm going to be. And we had a couple of those conversations when he was swinging from the monkey bars mm-hmm. and shit like that. That's like, bro, you've told me what you wanted to do. That shit is not going to get you there. Right. So you need to you need to bring that in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has the skills. He has the he's got the he's got the physical attributes and stuff to to, to take him a long way. So I think he he recognized that too. And, mm-hmm. um, but but even then from there, like it just blossoms to different, right? We have our other guy with the shoulder uh, who was in who was in this past winter for the holidays, and and then he left. But it was a, a, a you know another joint, right? He, mm-hmm. or bring him up, bring him up to the facility. You know, we'll rehab his shoulder at the same time. He can get his workouts in here around other players and in a spot that I know he's going to get the right stuff. Right. right. And that's that's the, you know, like you said, going back to those relationships and, and communicating and, and, and getting around other people, other like minded people is huge. Yeah, that, that's definitely a big thing, like being around like like minded individuals that are going to. Basically not make it so you have to like re-explain everything right you know you, it's like okay you're, you're step one step two's here and it's just going to be a smooth transition yeah, from, well, you want to you want to give especially younger kids or even college kids who are going to go play at the next level how many more different how many more strength coaches coaches physical therapists athletic trainers they're going to have their career right. a mm-hmm. lot all with different views and opinions so you can educate them and like supply them with a good tool belt mm-hmm. like they can carry that with them and now they can start to listen and take in information and say that's no good this is good this right. is good for me that isn't good for me that's so important and it gives them a good idea of what it should look like yeah right yeah. like 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 you we've been talking about them a couple times but but one of the pro guys like they, those guys they just they all collaborate right like i know you know eric and and like he's talking to their pts constantly and i know that and their pts are con- constantly talking to them like it gives those younger guys the high school kids right who who have a tra- an athletic trainer and a coach and a you know and maybe a strength coach in the in the school or something like that and the college kids who have maybe a pt and an, a- an atc and another strength coach it gives them an idea of what it should look like right, right? like it, it it starts them with that foundation of like oh my pt and my or my trainer should should be doing the rehab side and they should be communicating with my strength coach and they should they should all like be on the same page like why was it like that when i was in high school but now when i'm in college it's not or vice versa you know right, or whatever right. but when you give that to them earlier one of my favorites now is we have high schoolers and they've been training here for a little while and they have a good understanding of what a quality training program should look like and they'll and they'll come in and they'll go like they wanted me to fucking one rm deadlift in gym class <laughs> in gym class and they're like what the fuck like yeah. and they're like so I just went really light, and I go, smart, smart, yeah. smart. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, 
and we i've had kit smart and then just post your one rm uh, over here when you know right or, yeah or no, your three rm that's clean because we're not going to go to a one yeah. yeah we could go down the rabbit hole yeah. with that but, but still it's education the yeah. other thing that i thought you were going to go down was when we get the high school kids that are going into college and then they'll get their college program from their oh. from their college strength coach and, and they'll, they'll, hand and it they'll to literally us? hand it to us and be like what the fuck is this <laughs> i'm like i'll never hey, forget and to be fair they're not all like that no, no they're not all like that because there's there was ones that would come in and i'd be like wow this is really well done mm-hmm. but then i'll never forget the one it was like they wanted them to add five to ten pounds to their squat bench and deadlift every week and i'm like this makes no sense yeah. like it makes well and, and the <laughs> and the kids that get good ones they know they can come back to you guys and you guys know exactly what it's and what they, they need to do yeah, and you can you can it. take them through it you can make sure and again that's the same like with the pro guys you would get something from eric and be like yep i can take it yeah, i can take execute. you through this we can execute it you know i might i might put a little wrinkle here or there based on what equipment we have or something like that but mm-hmm. But yeah, let's take you through it, and they know that they're gonna get the right kind of care mm-hmm. coming right. in. Yeah, so. and that it's just it's like the amount of times we've had kids come in that are like, yeah, deadlifting in class today. And I'm like, class. I'm like, fuck. What did, I'm like, what did you do? They're like, oh, I kept it light. I was like, oh, thank you. To be fair, I don't we I don't think we ever weightlifted in high school. Never. No, we didn't. Which I like. I like that people are doing it because strength training is amazing and can change your life mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. So there's especially at a younger age, like yes. confidence, all that. Yeah, so yeah. The, oh, absolutely. And there's great habits built for your life, and it's just like we were talking about. There's people that do it really well, people that don't understand the science or anatomy or physiology, mm-hmm. and they do it terribly, and they put kids at risk for injury. Yeah. And the number of kids—I mean, we've seen kids come in here with spondies from squatting in gym class. Yeah. It's like that shouldn't happen. Right. <laughs> there you go. We can tie that back into imaging and care and all that kind of stuff and all those things just like yeah you got to just give a shit about the people that you're working with and that's what you right. guys do and that's yep. why and that's why we love working with you guys mm-hmm. and sharing patience and collaborating mm-hmm. and it's because you care the business you've set up allows you to be yourself and care and give quality work yeah. and i feel like it's always a, a seamless transition when they come yeah. from you to here like and it doesn't ever feel like it's a it's a struggle to get them to do whatever it is we want them to do in here when they come from you guys. So well, and part of it too, is they know we all have a relationship and when we're here working with people, they see us talking to each other, you know, we're shooting the shit about fantasy, how terrible the Cowboys are, fantasy football, like all that kind of stuff. The Eagles, we're talking are, about definitely, Eagles are definitely worse, but it's <laughs> they okay. they get Russell Wilson though? The Eagles? Yeah. Who cares? He fucking sucks. Uh, he's overrated. That. Oh yeah? Yeah. He doesn't suck, but he's overrated. So he's not better than Dak? It's debatable. <laughs> You put that's, the, all, that's for another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. And and but they see us here and and how you know we are how we are together, right? Like, um, yes, we're two separate businesses and all that. But when we're here, we we work pretty seamlessly together. Like you said, um, in terms of transitioning people from that rehab side to the mm-hmm. strength side, and and they recognize that the kid the kids recognize that. And to be honest with you, the parents recognize it. Um, right. Like our one our one guy that he was with me for a while. He's with he's now he's strictly with you guys. Like. The dad is, I mean, he couldn't speak highly, you know, any higher of, of everything that, that has happened for his son over the last, like, year and a half. And yeah. so that's, like, that's the part that I like. It's yeah. easy in the traditional model to get stuck in this cycle mm-hmm. of doctor, image, PT, failed PT, doctor, PT, failed PT, chiropractor, fail. It's easy to get stuck in that cycle. So yep. when you can help somebody get on the right path and get them better quicker, it's it's amazing it's, yeah. that's why i appreciate everything you guys yeah. do and then and for, like for me it's like 
I, I, I saw it somewhere and some another PT maybe or strength coach put it up where it's like if 50% of the world was 50% stronger we'd have 50% less injuries right and like that's well said that's that's like yes yeah, just be said any better go get stronger <laughs> that's, like that's, that's what, my thing and so that's why I'm always pushing people get back in the gym go to the gym go see you know obviously especially for baseball guys i'm like nah they're like this is the place you want to be right. right and that's why when i have guys like you know the guy up there with his with his with his jersey in your box up there like i'm like nah well, yeah sure you can come see me down here but this we got to go up there like you got to be up there that's that's where you need to be yeah. and so that's that's why that's why we do that yeah that's big man i, I appreciate everything yeah um, i appreciate it Anything you want to plug here at the end? Just where to find you guys? Oh, um, we're at um, we're at uh, Suarez S O P T on Instagram. Pretty active on there. Thanks to my wife Alicia, who who runs who runs that. Um, our website is SuarezPhysicalTherapy.com. You can find us both there, and then on Facebook at Suarez Sport and Orthopedic Physical Therapy. We don't have that TikTok yet. It's all right. Maybe, We're getting there. Maybe one. Get the crypto gotta, first. And get the crypto then, first. I got to get one of these young, these young PTs say, to I, get I, us on I feel there. Like you got to get Tommy on that. Tommy, Tommy might be the TikTok guy. The, listen, you put on some good music. I'm not afraid to dance. But him, his, him, I his, hear you don't dance though. Mike doesn't dance. No, I don't dance. Dan and I dance. This but was Mike again. Dance. You said this on a podcast. Yeah. This is why I know this. Yeah, I don't dance. That's what I heard. Alicia was like, "What's up with that?" It was funny today. I was talking to somebody, and I was like, "I wonder how many times a kid randomly catches me just dancing yeah. throughout the gym, I'll do just it. all the time." And I'm like, "I wonder how many times they just look at me and just laugh, laugh. just laugh." But or that, again, don't take yourself too don't no. take yourself too seriously either, right? That's 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 what it comes of, down part to. Part of having the fun. So, yeah. um, no, but appreciate you guys having me up. Um, should definitely do it again sometime. Maybe if I ever start mine, we'll, we'll, we, oh, we'd love to come on. Like I said, yeah. thank, thanks again to you for yeah. helping you know steer me in the right direction to get this thing going. Yeah. And it's, it's great to have you on and talk. It and sounds great. And thanks for uh, having some awesome PTs to help me with my Achilles yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, you guys, keep posting about it. I will. I will. Oh, man, you guys are the <laughs> best. Today. Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. Thank Appreciate you. everybody for listening, and we'll uh, we'll pick up next time. Thank you. Another straight shot.